Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. All right. Hello, everybody. It's Wrestling with the Billies podcast. Uh, this It's me, Jeremy, and Joe on this episode. And before, knowing that we were talking about WrestleMania Backlash, the last podcast, knowing that everything was about the same like all the matches uh, uh, we thought that the matches were better but we didn't think that it warranted a whole podcast towards it so we just decided to talk a bit about it before we get into double or nothing because I think it was like we were already behind on doing Wrestlemania backlash and then we're like ah, double or nothing's over here so we might as well talk a little bit there wasn't really so much different the only main thing was Rhea Ripley showing up in the Judgment Day faction which I think we were already talking about that that's what she should do anyway and that's really all I could remember out of Wrestlemania backlash that was like any good like or anything to talk about really yeah besides Roman teaming up with the Usos and that <sighs> six-man tag and them winning for an unknown reason. But anyhow, but yeah, other than that, it was pretty much a rehash of WrestleMania. So there was, I, I didn't feel there was any need to talk about it, and that's kind of why I wasn't looking forward to even doing a podcast on it, to be honest with you. Um, yep, and now we got Hell in a Cell next week after we did Double or Nothing. Yeah. So, <laughs> so anyway, it's been a hot minute uh, since uh, Joe was last on the podcast. We were just talking about it the other day where um, we were talking about Double or Nothing, and then he was like, oh, okay, and then he he talked about that he could watch it with us, so he watched it, uh, which this has been a good hot minute since uh, Joe was like, I, th- I can't remember the last podcast he did where we were talking about wrestling on it. I can't remember either. It's been a long yeah. time. Yeah. It's mostly st- the scheduling for everything. Like we're doing it earlier now, just to, uh, that way it fits everybody's schedule at the moment. <laughs> so, but uh, what's it called? We might as well get into it. Uh, uh, first one where it was the kickoff show was really, what? huh? I wanted to point out that we actually watched this one. We oh. do not watch kickoff shows. <laughs> uh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Typically yeah. we don't want to end up watching the kickoff shows. And then we just like had it on, I think, trying to set up everything. And then, 
and everything actually worked. So we were actually able to watch it completely fine. And I had more of the, uh, supposedly a lot of people were having trouble getting into Bleacher Report so they could watch the pay-per-view. But like I, uh, it messed up on me a few times, but it same with, I think it messed up on Joe a couple of times too, but yeah, during, yeah, during the, he had to like actually reset his console just so he could, uh, redo it again. <laughs> yeah. I missed, sorry, go ahead, Joe. I missed the, the anarchy and the, the, oh the, yeah. The anarchy in the arena match. Yeah. Yeah. I missed pretty much all of that. So because of the issues, but I, and I missed a good chunk of the women's championship match with Thunder Rosa. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, the kickoff match was, uh, Hookhausen, which is Hook and Danhausen versus Tony Nice and Mark Sterling. I already figured that this was going to happen. Like no matter what Hookhausen was going to win win because I think that they're trying to set up something with Hook and Danhausen anyway. And I think Danhausen is pretty funny. So like and especially it was funny how like he got the pin. He just like uh, they were going to do red rum on Mark Sterling, I think. And then Danhausen's like tag me in. And then he tags him in and then he does the Chris Jericho pin where he just puts a finger on his chest or like a foot on his chest. I thought that was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, the match was, like, super fast. Yeah, it was only five minutes, and it was mostly yeah, it was Dan Housen getting beat up. <laughs> well, that's how it was when he, the on the debut match that he had where Hook came out and helped him. He he got his ass kicked pretty much. Oh, yeah, he got his ass kicked, like, right away. Yeah. Like, so- it was like he came down to the ring. Tony Nese didn't even have an intro like an entrance and everything. And then he came out and need him in the face and beat him. Yeah. Like, I, damn. That was like super fast. Yeah. I wonder if it's because of his ankle. I wonder if they're or Yeah. His leg broke. or whatever, whatever he hurt on his body. Broke. I think it was his leg. I thought he, he broke, broke his leg, but yeah. Well, I think it might've been his tibia or whatever that, is. uh, the, I don't think it was the big bone on his bottom. I, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember if it was the tibia or the other one. But, tibia. Uh, yeah. Um, sorry, my anatomy was um, anatomy and physiology class was not. Yeah, I was surprised it was only the this one was the kickoff match. Like, I mean, it made sense for it to be the kickoff match, but I'm surprised that they didn't have like another match other than this one attached to it, like for the kickoff. But well, anyway, it was well, good for what it was. Well, I mean, the nice part is, and I've said it on the WWE premium live events, is that uh, during those, they have the kickoff show in addition to plugging all the matches during the pay-per-view, so, or the premium live events. So, you get, th- in WWE, you get a, th- a three or four hour long live event with about an hour worth of wrestling in it. Yep. Because this one and this was about four and a half hours, or four something. and a half hours, and probably a vast majority of it was actually wrestling. Yeah, it's like maybe like ten or twenty minutes where it was just video packages. And I think because most of the video packages were done during the kickoff show, like they they promoted the matches during the kickoff show. Like I think the the first one that they did was this one where where okay, so little backstory beforehand. Like, I don't know if anybody looked into it, but MJF no show to fan event 
before. And then there was rumors that he took a plane outside of Vegas like that day. Well, he booked a flight. Or he booked a flight, yeah, Supposedly, outside of Vegas. Even so, yes, he left right after his match. So oh, he, he did? Yeah. Okay. So there wasn't, he didn't stay, uh, is what I read, is that once. Yeah. So there's been issues with MJF, I guess, like with leaving or something. Some people were saying that it's rumored that four or five other people are getting paid more than MJF, and I'm like, that would make sense to me. Like even like now if they read and did their contract and stuff like that, then that's one thing. But like MJF to me, isn't like a dude that like, if anything, him going to WWE would just raise his stock more. Like right now he's like a pillar of like, they say that he's a pillar of AEW, but he doesn't have to be there. I feel they got so many people that don't. Yeah. I feel he's the AEW version of The Miz. Well, that's what they were talking about, that's- is if he went to WWE, that he would get into a program with The Miz. And if anything, they would do something where they're both like in a tag team or something. And well, that's the main thing. If MJF leaves to like get more money or whatever, then I think that eventually, like if anything, he's probably going to get ruined when he's there. But I could tell you, and, and we're not really talking about the match yet, but um, what's bothering me with MJF or whatever AEW is doing with him right now is every storyline has been exactly the same with him, with whoever he's faced so far. He goes through a, you know, he puts them through hell and has them wrestle like eight different people, and then they finally get to wrestle him at the end. And Mm-hmm. Like he's done the 10 slash or the 10 uh, whips or whatever from the belt. Like he did that like three times now. He did it once against Cody, which that made sense with Cody because they were building up a massive feud with him. But then they kind of did it like they did it with somebody else. I I don't think it was with CM Punk, but essentially the same thing. The only thing was was that the the smacking Wardlow thing was funny just because he tried to no-sell every single one. And I think that he should have no-sold every single one. He shouldn't have done, like, when it was on uh, Dynamite, he should have just no-sold the whole one. Like, they did it where, like, on, like, number eight or nine, he, like, kind of twinged a little bit or... Uh, like he was like, ow, a little bit, but that's it. Like he should have just like no sold every single one and got MJF pissed. Like the match itself was what it should have been, which was MJF come out and then eventually Wardlow got him and then he would beat the shit out of him, which essentially that's what happened. He power bombed him 10 times. Yeah. And like I said, <laughs> and I think I said this in the past, and I know Joe's being quiet, but. The way they booked Wardlow during this whole push is the way WWE should have booked Braun when he was in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> when he got to the end, Braun got fucking jobbed out. And um, and it ruined him to me. Because I don't know how you, you pull a set down on top of Brock Lesnar and then you lose to him. I, I, yeah, it makes no sense. 
Well, I mean, they did that with Samoa Joe, too. I didn't like how they (laughs) kind of built him up, like, kind of high, and then they pulled the rug out from under them. But it was worse with Braun. Yeah. A monster among men, and they booked him that way until he faced Brock. And then it was like, well, well, Brock's better than you. But Brock only shows up once every six months at the time. And he's doing the same thing now. But anyways... Ward, though, the, yeah, I agree that that match went exactly how it should have went. Apparently, Just because it helped him in the long run. Sorry, Joe. No, it, yeah, apparently MJF and Tony Khan are supposed to meet, I think, today or tomorrow. Probably the because they're trying thing. to do something for contracts or something. I'm, they've yeah. been talking about that they haven't inked a deal for a contract but, for a but, while. But wow, wow, MJF, I'm sorry to say, but you signed a fucking contract through 2024. I mean, you, you get to deal with what you signed up until that contract's over with. That's my opinion. Anyway. Oh, so uh, so he's up until 2024, so he's still got like a cut. So yeah. him like, getting all pissed and leaving, That's that seems kind of... It's, it's a fucking... It's, and I don't know if the Sasha Naomi thing kind of made him think to do this shit. Or CM Punk's response to Naomi and Sasha doing it made him think that he could do it. But I don't think he's been around long enough to. to well, that's a, that's the main thing. I don't know. I don't know if it was just a really good work, and I or don't if he's just trying to mess with people or what. I don't think it was a work the way it was communicated. It and, seems like it's a work shoot. Like it's real, but they're using oh, it for storyline. Yeah, because I mean, they kind of told it like, especially this match, it told it like. MJF could be off of TV for a little bit. I mean, it seems a bit stretchy because he powerbombed him 10 times, but then uh, we have to call out knowing that the guy put the mask on MJF upside yeah. down. Yeah. So it was over his <laughs> eyes. We should have okay, put the mask on his eyes. I guess, you know, you got to make sure you oxygen- oxygenate your eyes for healthy breathing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Next time, we got to think about a way to post that on Twitter. That's like yeah. a that's like a WCW levels of uh, ineptitude. Yeah, we. Gotta well, figure- that's why I said like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just funny. funny. We should have posted that on our Twitter page. Somehow. Yeah. Well, unlike if anything, it would have just been a gift that we could have found somewhere. Or yeah. like, I don't, I don't know how to take or, stuff out of videos and or even make it. I could have thrown it on TikTok and said something. Like, yeah, but uh. What's it called? So it was good for what it was. I mean, like anything, any other thoughts, Joe, for it? I mean, it was a squash match. I think I would have liked to see um, MJF get a little bit more offense in because he basically just tried to cheat, got caught, and then power bombed five times, pinned for a two count because he stopped Warlow. I keep wanting to call him Warlord, but I know it's Warlow. <laughs> and then he, he, uh, cause this is like only second or third time watching AEW. Cause I haven't really had the opportunity. And then he powerballs him five more times, which you can see how ready was after doing all that, but it oh, was a yeah. good match. It was a good, I forgot we talked, uh, we were ta- I'm thinking of like when he- Warlow's, uh, did the last power bomb and MJF's nuts was like right against his forehead. Yeah, he was like <laughs> he like tea like Wardlow teabagged himself with MJF's nuts. 
Yeah, that's all we were talking about when I we mean, saw the match. Yeah, Wardlow gets red. He gets red every time he does them. But the difference with him is he doesn't sweat. So if you so the redness is literally just the the blood rushing to his skin. I mean, yeah. so it's not that's not a cardio issue with him. Like when you see a lot of sweat, like I would say Brock when he gets red and he's sweating his ass off, that's cardio issues. Yeah. Um, but, and that's cause he only wrestles once every four months, but I mean, you know, it's, um, and Samoa Joe has been injured so much, I think, and he's even got better cardio than Brock does. Yep. Which we'll talk about later in the pay-per-view. Uh, so yeah, like, it's just funny. And, oh, it's so hard for me to say like, which one was like my favorite match out of this night. Good job. There was a lot of good ones. Well, the next, like, especially this one, the Hardys and the Young Bucks was great. Well, uh, I know my uh, least favorite one, but uh, <laughs> I said, I know what my least favorite one. Oh, yeah. Which we'll talk about in a minute, too. But like the, the, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks was great anyway. And I remember seeing some of their ladder war that they were in Ring of Honor with. So I knew that they wrestled good against each other, but the match was really like, I mean, that's the good thing about both of these teams is that they could pretty much do a good, a good to great match with just about anybody. At least Hardy this time, uh, didn't land on the steps without somebody underneath him though. Oh yeah. Where Darby moved. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oof. Because I read something afterwards that Jeff is pretty banged up right now, especially after the Darby Allen match. So I thought he was going to wig out again after this match when he went into the crowd and then came back. Because that was kind of what he did at, a, at the end of his WWE run, is he left the ring yeah. after the match was over with. Um, but he left through the crowd, and he kind of did the same thing uh, during the pay-per-view. So, or, so it's... I was a little concerned at that point that he was wigging out again. <clears throat> Anyways. Was that I can't believe that was the next match. Was that the next match? Yeah, that was one the Hardys Damn. one or the uh Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. The Hardys and the Young Bucks. They they were after the uh Wardlow match. Yeah, I, I was like surprised that was that much later in the show. Hard. Yeah, and it went for almost twenty minutes. That's where I was saying that these and people and one thing I'm gonna caveat too is People were bitching about this pay-per-view being that long. And I'm like, you know, I remember you when I used to bitch when everything was short. Now everybody bitches when stuff is too long. And I'm like, really? Come on, guys. Yeah. yeah especially where it was nothing but wrestling, too. So, like, it's like nothing compares to, like, WrestleMania for two nights. I'm sorry. When I'm seeing, like, eight hours of wrestling for well, two days. Well, it's not eight hours of wrestling, though. It's, like, two hours of wrestling and six hours of promos. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, there, that's a lot, doing it over a whole weekend. It's, like, one thing when it's, like, and especially most of the wrestling on this card, give or take a few matches, like, most of them are good matches where I, it makes me stay invested into the match. Like, uh, like, uh... I've seen the Young Bucks and the Hardys wrestle so many damn times, but it was like, it was like, I was starting to get, um, like, I always get it where, like, it's at the beginning of the match. Like, every time, which is, like, one of the later matches, too, like, uh, I think that that threw me off again, was that I hate when they have slow beginnings. 
I know what they're trying to do when they set up everything, but like, especially when they're like at a blood feud type of thing where they hate each other and then they slowly wrestle each other at the beginning. I just, and then it builds up to a crescendo and all that stuff where everybody's doing all insane, crazy stuff. But I just hate the slow stuff at the beginning. Like Edge and AJ was another thing where they were doing a lot, like in their WrestleMania match I talked about, they were doing a lot of rest holds at the beginning. And that's why I think that at WrestleMania Backlash, that match was better because they didn't have that during that match. So <clears throat> that's what uh, that's what I hate about those. And this one was cool because it didn't have that. So <laughs> that's why I think that some of the matches were better just because they didn't have that much stuff into it. And they were doing their typical stuff, too. Especially how it was like, it looked like the Young Bucks came out like Macho Man again. Like, kind of like outfits. Yeah, I could tell. I just... I, I do find it interesting with the Young Bucks that every pay-per-viewer, they come out with some themed uh, intro at the beginning. Oh, yeah, like how they change it up every time? Yeah. This time they did that Vegas, like, super kick party thing. Yeah, which I thought, I'm like, I like that part anyway. That way it keeps it different. Especially the they were doing the super kick party thing with the Viva La Vegas, uh, Viva Las Vegas tune. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's yeah. Super kick party. Oh yeah. So I should mention Joe. Like for before they were building up this feud, I think it was on Dynamite when they came out with Gangrel dressed up like the Young Bucks, and it was hilarious because Brandon Cutler dressed up like Lita. So he actually put on a legit like red thong that <laughs> that made me laugh super hard. Yeah, they came out as the Hardys uh, on the Rampage, I think, before. Yeah, it was like Rampage or Dynamite before the pay-per-view. And that had me die because I saw the Young Bucks and I was like, ha, that's pretty funny. Especially the Gangrel part. But then I noticed that Brandon Cutler came out like Lita and that like, made me laugh super hard. Except I didn't mm-hmm. And the Gangrel thing, because he's not, he wasn't. Well, they were technically in the brood at one point. Were like, the new like, bro- they were the new brood. Yeah, it, it was up. like after they split up from Edge and Christian or whatever, up, then up. he was in with them. But, I mean, that's what I, that's what I got from it. But anyway, the way he was walking, he's pretty much toast. Oh, yeah, it Gangrel, was- yeah, he's yeah. not... And he did like porn at one point or something. Yeah, too. he was a porn director. He directed a lot of porn. Yeah, which is apparently. Hilarious. But I think he didn't like it or something. But I was like, well, if you don't like it, why do you keep directing it? Yeah, I don't know. They must have paid him good money, I guess. Must have got good money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a good match. I just get worried every time the Hardys wrestle because. Yeah, especially Jeff. I worry that he's going to fuck up his back or some shit. Yeah, he's only 44 years old. And... Yeah, and he's just doing crazy shit. He's going to be like Mick Foley in like 10 years. Darby's going to be the same. I mean, yeah. I mean, Darby does some crazier shit than that I remember Jeff Hardy ever doing. And he's well, a- I mean, Jeff Hardy never jumped off of the ladder that was in the ring and jumped onto a bed of chairs. Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> so and then immediately does a coffin drop on top of the fucking apron, too. Jesus, man. 
So, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to add to that. All I know is that it was cool with the on the side of the steps. That match was nuts. That match was a good match. It was a lot of high spots. Jeff probably should not have landed on one of the young bucks on the steel steps, but. Well, well, that's what we were talking about. During the Darby I'm, Allen match, he um, took it, like, by himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, um, Darby moved out of the way, so he full-on, like, landed on the steel steps by himself. I was like, damn it, you don't need to do this anymore, Jeff. What the hell? Yeah, that's what we were saying, uh, Joe, was that on the pay-per-view, at least, he landed on one of the young bucks on Dynamite or Rampage whenever him and he wrestled against Darby. He landed in the Owen Hart semis, I think, or either that or the quarterfinals. But he he did that swanton bomb on the steps, and Darby moved, and he landed straight on the steps that way. Uh, so, no, no, yeah. thank you. Yeah, so, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they just do crazy stuff just to do crazy stuff. I think sometimes, but uh, yeah. So anyway. So we might as well move on to uh, the Jade Cargill and Anna J match, which I mean, let's just say this was the worst match on the card. But it's not worst match on the card. Knowing that Jade Cargill is very green, you could tell that she's very green. Especially they kind of book her like kind of like Roman. It seems like. Oh, sorry. Because I like Anna J. Speaking of a cat fight, but. (laughs) Like, I do not like how they beat up on Jade Cargill a lot. And this is the second time we talked about Tank Conti doing the exact same thing. The only difference was instead of a steel chair, it was a fucking title belt where they hit her in the head with the title belt and then she kicked out. And I was like, okay, quit trying to marry Sue Jade Cargill. Okay, if you're going to do this, to me, I just don't think she's great of a worker. They should have her build up the card. I think she she didn't need the title for her to do her undefeated streak. And, like, I, I liked her hair and stuff, but, I mean, like, if that's the only thing that her I thought Oscar was hair good do. about this match. Her yeah, Oscar hairdo. Like Oscar hairdo, yeah. Like, I think that's the main thing. And like, I mean, her look is good. I like her look. I like the baddie section. I think that's a cool thing to have with her. Like, because, I mean, if she's playing as this heel-type character, I definitely think that it helps to have the other people with her. Uh, but, and then it was kind of weird, too, because, like, the match was only, like, seven minutes long or something. Yeah, seven and a half minutes. But then it was like kind of like they featured the new debuts afterwards instead of like I don't know it was just weird they should yeah. uh, they could have done it a lot better yeah like what was so it? pretty much Anna J beat the crap out of Jade Cargill hit just her with a belt hit her with a belt I don't think she put her finisher on her but. But I don't hit, know if I've ever like seen her. Too. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen her with her finisher before. But her ring gear, like the main thing was Anna J changed her ring gear back to her old persona, where it was like, uh, kind of like, uh, what's it called? A uh, circus performer type thing. Where 
magician assistant. Or, what? yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was trying to think of the thing. Thanks. You know, like the girl that's with the magician on stage. Yeah. I, I can't remember what they call it other than just the assistant. But His lovely so, assistant. So, uh, so that's all that, and then Athena, otherwise known as Ember Moon, came out, and then that was the best part of the match. What are you Doki, talking about? And then we we were trying to figure out what the dude's name is for Malcolm Bivens that used to be part of the Diamond Mine NXT. NXT. They did some something where Mark Sterling, like, tried to cheat for Jade Cargill, and then somebody knocked him down, and then instantly Stokely came out. And helped her win the match. And then so it seems like Mark Sterling isn't with her now. That Stokely Hathaway or her, whatever is like the new guy. And I was like, dude, that's the name that you come up with? <laughs> like, why would you name somebody Stokely? That's just a weird name. But <laughs> like of all names to name him. But I don't know what his name was before when he was in the independence. But like that, it's sort of like a version for them to like just intro for more stuff on Dynamite or just the debut of Ember Moon. That's his what, real name, Josh. Huh? Stokely Hathaway's his real name. Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. okay. Then never mind. Then yeah, disregard <laughs> what I said. That's his actual. What a don't be, don't name. Be, I mean, yep, it's a fantastic, it. fantastic name. It's totally fantastic. I heard y'all's podcast. I heard the shit that you're giving me. No. <laughs> but, He's uh, gonna be like, "You make fun of my name, Josh? Call me up with that." Well, they just used his real name. Yeah, well, that makes sense. What the fuck is that name? I was just thinking of Dolph Ziggler, okay? Like, that's just a weird... Like, who has a last name called Ziggler? It's like, uh, whatever. Actually, I actually used to work with a guy with the last name Ziggler. No way. Why am I getting myself into these situations where it's like, oh, somebody else has the last name? I'm like, damn it. But it also sounds like a porn name. Kind Kind of does, yeah. Especially Dolph. No. <laughs> what was the guy's name in Boogie Nights? I know we're kind of getting off subject, but wasn't his name like... It was Diggler. Dirk, Dirk Diggler. His poor Dirk. name was Dirk Diggler. Dirk Diggler, yeah. So that's why that's why Dolph Ziggler doesn't... Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Okay. Okay, I'll rewind that one too. Yep. Damn it. Fucking hell. <laughs> the, uh, you guys the, are not the, helping me out. You're supposed again, to build me up. No, I'm just kidding. The, the, the best part of this match was Athena premiering was debuting yeah and that's why i was like when we were talking about it i was like legit if anybody's gonna beat jerry and cargill for the belt i was like when chris statlander came out i was like it should be her or athena well honestly more dominant females that's what i think the yeah is with because jade cargill is really you're gonna really think i mean logically that anna jay can beat jade cargill no not really not when yeah. she's like that Ty Conti makes more sense because she's got the judo background. But yeah, she's this little thing, and she's like a foot shorter than Jade is, and a hell of a lot less muscular than she is. So, but if you look at who else on the roster is really, I mean, Ember Moon at this point is really the only one. Yeah. And so uh, that's what I'm saying is like really the only person. But, but uh, Jade Cargill wants to have cross promotion appeal or whatever she wants to go mainstream i'm like we you kind of have to be better in the ring yeah. To, yeah. to get that cross appeal yeah, and that's the main thing you can't uh, 
That's what I'm saying. She's too green right now. That's Sasha shows up in AEW, which I think she will at some point. Yeah, I think both of them will show up at yeah. one point. But I know Sasha probably is almost a. I would think she's a definite. But yeah, I'll be shocked if she doesn't. But if she does, she's gonna steamroll that whole company. But hi, Cookie. Sorry, my cat decided to join me. Anyway, yeah. so talked enough know. about that lame match. I think. Yeah, I think that was one of the main. Uh, uh, matches that I mean it was good for what it was but it wasn't like I don't know you could what definitely tell that they need my favorite. Jade Cargill if she's going to wrestle other people and you're trying to build her up as a character you need to have her go against well done like Hikaru Shida or somebody where they've been in wrestling for a while beforehand her wrestling Anna Jay isn't going to help because she has a lot of weaknesses too that she hasn't ironed out so, uh, what's it called? So that, that's why I say it's the weakest on the the card, and I think all of our opinions actually. But uh, yeah, that but, was the pee break match. So pretty much one of my favorite one uh, matches that was on the card was the House of Black versus Death Triangle. And that was a good match. I think the only reason why I didn't think that it was the best one just because the finish. The finish, how, like, of course, because I think uh, we were watching Dynamite together, me and Jeremy, one time, and then we saw, like, the, what's it called, the name of the team, the Varsity Blondes, where they were talking about Julia Hart, and it looked like, under her eye patch, that she had makeup. So I thought she was going to turn on them then, but then they still waited They've, for her to turn on them. This is the one thing I think I mentioned during the pay-per-view, though, is AEW storytelling is killing WWE's right now. Because even with this, what happened made sense because they had built up to it. And see, WWE has a tendency to start something and they don't finish it. Or they'll just act like she and they've uh, like it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I mean. I mean, they did that with Alexa Bliss to an extent. Like, she was the the all-knowing leader of Bray Wyatt. And he leaves, and all of a sudden, she's controlled by this fucking doll. Yep. Kind of like how Xavier Woods technically has a victory over Roman Reigns, but they don't count it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, so, I mean, it's, that's why I mean, WWE does this, but AEW, at least with their storylines, they pay them off. Like, yeah, really a heart, you know, they started and I feel that, yeah, she had makeup under her eye patch, but that was the start of the, of the, the taking over her, of her, because they've done that even with Malachi Black. When he first came in, his, the blackness under his eye or over his eye was smaller and now it like covers half of his face. And like right now where they were showing like the corruption was like all over their face. Yeah. And that's like, Oh, extra the- kudos to the House of Black's fucking ring gear, though. Yeah. Oh man, I was talking about the and that like just looks super cool. I just love the look of them coming out, like especially Malachi Blast, Black's uh, huge horned helmet and shit. I was like, dude, that looks bad, the uh, badass. And if they ended up having more people like take and get in there, especially like if Julia Hart known that she's in there, if she does the same thing where it shows corruption on her face too, that would be fucking dope. Like the stories that they could tell, 
but, but like that's what I said. I'm like, of course, I love the Lucha Bros anyway, and then I love Pack too. So I mean, like, yeah, this this match just worked on all levels, just because they're all great. <laughs> like I've thought, all the members on this whole thing wrestled great anyway. And uh, I felt like the only thing was was Buddy uh, Brody King's uh, spot where he jumped over the and looked like he was going to land on his head at one point because it looked like he barely even made it over the ropes for his spot. Oh, uh, when everybody was doing their crazy over the ring spots, like their topas, tope suicidos and all that stuff. He tried to do a flip or a senton over the rope. And it looked like he almost like didn't even make it over the ropes. <laughs> so that was like the main scary spot of the whole show. I think to me was just I was worried that he was either going to miss them completely or like hit his head but other than that it was still a great match though it was a good match I was disappointed that I didn't get to see the black arrow oh yeah like they teased it but like yeah I think if they didn't do the finish with Julia Hart though I think that they would have done the black arrow mostly because it just looks so good anyway (laughs) this was actually my favorite match of the night this time yeah, uh, well, that's what I was saying. Like, the only one that I was worried, uh, I'm trying to concern was just the finish. Like, everything else in the whole match was awesome. Like, I loved all the spots in the match. It was like the only thing was like the finish. And but I even the finish made like, sense, though. Yeah, the finish made sense because they had built up to it. Yeah. The only <laughs> thing was that I would have thought that Julia Hart would have done something from the Varsity Blondes, but I mean, the main thing was that it didn't have to be the varsity blondes for the um, well, for her to help them. Well, she also has a relationship with them. I mean, so it kind of makes sense that she wouldn't double cross them because she was still conflicted at the time, right? Yeah. yeah, she's not conflicted with the death triangle. She has no tie to them. Yeah, that's so, the only reason why I was like, okay, it makes sense to do that now. Like, I'm intrigued with what they're gonna do on uh, Dynamite, but. We- I mean, she's really not a wrestler. I mean, she's. I think she's been in a couple of matches, but that's it. I mean, so it'll be interesting what her role is going to be. Yeah, I'd assume that she would be like their manager or something, but you never know. I don't know. <clears throat> if anything, I saw her like wrestle on Dark or something, but that's it. So, Joe, like, did you enjoy it as much as we did too? Actually, I really did enjoy it. It was a good match. Like I said, the only thing that was really disappointing was the fact that I didn't get to see the Black Arrow. But it's it's kind of hard not being able to see the Dynamites leading up to see the story progression. But just notating the athleticism and the the match itself, it was really enjoyable. Yeah, because I mean, like that's the, that's the main thing. Like when we went and watched, um, what was it, Final Battle? Because I think that was the first time Jeremy watched like an a Ring of Honor uh, pay per view and stuff like that. I'd ever seen Brody King wrestle. Yeah, so like it was like cool to see that that like how you would like uh see the wrestling and stuff. Like well, eventually we would have to do like a New Japan one. 
to see about that one too because I don't think he knows that some of the guys there, but like I don't think he has watched a New Japan Pro like because we met Will Osprey when we were on the cruise, but I think that's the only person that he's ever seen from New Japan other than like Shinsuke, I think. Well, besides the AEW Dynamites, the, the yeah, guys. yeah, the guys that they feature, yeah. Uh, I, well, I think uh, I'm the only New Japan I saw. I think it was Wrestle. What's their <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom? Is there yeah. a, Wrestle Kingdoms like their Super uh, or their WrestleMania? I saw much. the I saw the Chris Jericho versus Kenny Omega match. What was that? that? Wrestle yeah, Kingdom that was Twelve. A good match, yeah. That was an hour long match too. Like yeah, exactly, like, crazy. So I, I I don't know too much about New Japan. Uh, the only person I really knew from it was like you know Kenny Omega, and so. But I'm kind of interested to see what they do with the Forbidden Door pay per view. Yeah, like I'm intrigued. Uh, I'm wondering how the matches are going to go. That's the main thing that I'm, I'm wondering about. But I might as well lump the, both of these in together, I guess. Knowing that, like, I mean, there were good matches, but like they were shorter. It was like 30 minutes, like just about 30 minutes together. But Adam Cole versus Mojo and then Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho for the essential, where it looked like somebody was saying that it was like old stampede belts, that the, the ones that they did, because they came out where they got a trophy. And then they got title belts for winning the turn of uh, the tournaments where uh, Adam Cole beats the Mojo and then Britt Baker beat Ruby Soho. I think the, the Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho match was better than the one that they, I think they did on dynamite for the title. This was like right after they signed her, I think too. Uh, this was a while ago though. The, I think this match was better from that one. And then, Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe, of course, was good for what it was because I mean Samoa Joe, I've never seen really do a bad match, and then of course Adam Cole's just great. <laughs> so Adam I Cole, mean, baby, which is I'm weird just, because it seems it seems like Britt is going face and Adam Cole's still a heel. Yeah, because or they kind of did a turn on Britt Baker, kind of where she lifted uh, Brit, uh, Ruby So or shook her hand at the end. Oh, she picked yeah. her up. Oh, yeah, yeah she, she picked her up pick and checked her, her in. But Which, like that was that was surprising because I didn't think that they were gonna do that. So well, I mean, it should have been I, obvious she was winning since she was wearing pink and black. But like, I think, when, yeah, I think they have to do something with her because I think I was telling you I feel she's becoming kind of stale at this point. Yeah, especially knowing that she's over with the crowd too. So it only makes sense if they would turn her eventually anyway the only thing is if she's going to be with jamie hater or jamie hater is going to turn on her or something and then she's going to feud with her afterwards it opens her up to more opponents though i think right now because she's in that little click group she doesn't ever face jamie yeah so and so if she flips if she turns on him on her and this could be the catalyst because she won this owen hart thing and um, and you know that'll continue Adam Cole's heel work because he's been talking about that and going in. Yeah, door, I, I was just mainly surprised that Jay Lethal didn't uh, interrupt him, and it was just like and Bobby Fish, so it could help him win. Like yeah. I was just surprised that it wasn't Jay Lethal or Son Jay Dutt. 
instead. I actually think the clean finishes work for the tournament because I think it would have kind of stained it. Well, that's, though... the, that's why I said, like, it was still, like, really? I mean, like, the interruption wasn't, like, the one thing that helped him win because, I mean, he still, like, beat him up beforehand. Like, he does, and like, I like how they're showing, like, the boom is, like, something where no matter what, if he puts it on somebody and knocks them out, pretty much, essentially. I mean, but, I, I, mean I don't think anybody's kicked out of it in AEW yet. On the flip side, I was glad to see nobody interfere in the Britt Baker one. Oh, yeah, because, cool. I mean, Britt Baker's been having a lot of people helping her. Pretty much every win she's had for the longest time, she's had interference. I, I, I think, think that on the last pay-per-view that we talked about was that every finish had been interfered on. So it kind of was making it, ugh. and And that's why I said with Britt, even her promos are kind of stale at this point. So it's like she needs something to kind of change course a little bit, I think. The worst part of that match was actually um... – Owen's wife, uh, widow, the she just the the speech just came across really weird. Yeah, it seemed kind of weird. The whole and oh. mis- like uh, supposedly they said that the reason why they uh, had it go for like longer time was because he didn't want her to like, I guess, uh, let her feel free, and that way she didn't have any time. Like she ha- could get all the stuff that she wanted to say out. I guess. That's what they and like. That's what I read like just uh, this morning was that they said that they he bought like pretty much an extra hour for the pay per view just to like make sure she had enough time to say stuff. And I was like, I didn't really care for most of the stuff that she said. I mean, like, it was like I I liked the charity and stuff like that, but like, I don't know if this is a yearly thing. I don't know if I'm gonna like hearing her talk about like. Well, and that's what I mentioned. I really didn't understand the point of a speech. Yeah. I I mean, I, I it's not like the Warrior Award that the uh, that WWE Hall of Fame does. Or like if it was like this is to highlight like what Owen did practically. Like tried to be the best wrestler there type but, of thing. I don't know. Uh, or whatever. <laughs> so, like, I didn't really understand what she was doing. And then it was kind of weird when she was, like, displaying the belts and stuff. That was the thing. It wasn't really about what Owen did. It was about <laughs> his foundation, which his foundation is essentially helping low-income people. You know, I mean, I'm not against the... Stuff, yeah. I'm not against... The foundation. I'm saying is, is that... The, I mean... I don't know. You're yeah, when I went to the, the website, words, it's yeah. they, when I went to the website, it's like they do um, low-income housing assistance and um, scholarships, which I'm all for. Like, I'm not trying to bat, knock on the Owen Hart Foundation, which I'm glad she's using his name for some good. But I mean, we all miss Owen. Like, I was watching a YouTube channel called wrestling bio and they talk about they're doing redoing recapping the monday night wars each week and they just did the episode where they talked about brian pillman dying and it's just really sad because you know in two short years from that episode air date you know owen's gonna die at at a pay-per-view as the blue blazer and it's just like it's kind of heartbreaking because i've been watching him again on screen and it's good to see him because 
Owen deserved to be higher than what he was in WWE. Well, I mean, that's one thing that I've noticed about a lot of great workers and stuff. And that's what, uh, if certain things didn't work out, they probably wouldn't have made it to where they were. Like, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Ray, Ray Mysterio, especially. I don't think if anything happened with Eddie, I don't think they would have ever put the world title on him because the story was great telling like Ray Mysterio winning and all that. I don't think that they would have done certain things if certain things didn't work out in the end, like especially people getting injured or people taking time off, they wouldn't have tried to do different stories with certain other people. And I think that's one of the sad parts about Owen is that they just didn't do that thing. It could be also a combination of Brett too. I mean, they would have never done that stuff because of what happened with him and Brett. But I mean, this is just pure speculation. So you're just assuming, right? at the end of the day all i know is that at least it helps people i definitely think that like they should have talked more about owen if that was the case but i mean it was cool matches and i like that they did like old school title belts and stuff but i don't know if they're ever going to defend them though or if they're just going to have them as like props up at their house that's what I was saying. Was I don't know if this is going to be a yearly thing or like the dino the diamond ring thing. Yeah, but it seems like you know uh, MJF will never lose because his gimmick is kind of based on it. Yeah, or like, so like that it would have to go to another heel if they did like if he did lose it. But yeah, like that's the only thing that they brought that like uh, box themselves into a corner with. So. But, eh, whatever. Like, uh, this was also, like, knowing that we're talking about the next, uh, I might as well segue into the next match. American Top Team. Oh, so they just call them American Top Team now? Instead of the Men of the Year or whatever with uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky? Yeah. Oh, well. Uh, I know that they're, like, a really good, like, MMA group, though. But, uh, whatever. And then, and this was weird when they went against Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Tay Conti. It was just weird because you didn't know who, like, I guess they were mostly all heels except for uh, Frankie. <laughs> so it was weird the way that they were doing the whole thing. I think the original plan, and this is what I was saying while we were watching it, was, Frank. you know, obviously Frankie, Sammy, and Ty were going to be the faces and an American top team would be the heels. But I think organically the crowd reacted the opposite. So with Sammy and Ty, they do not like them. So I think they kind of flipped them in the middle and American top team became the faces in this uh, thing. And in this match and, Frankie, Sammy, and Ty essentially kind of became the heelish group. And they kind of pointed that with their entrance, what they came in wearing. I mean, Ty Conti was wearing Maleficent's outfit. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming that Sammy was just doing the same, like, same thing. That's what I Boy of. Maleficent, as someone, as another, as a YouTube called him, Boy Maleficent. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it seemed like, yeah. Hey, man. 
normal gear. I mean, that's where I was saying that they're playing the heel characters and Frankie was just there. Yeah, and that's why I knew that like, how the match was going to end was that I figured that they were going to lose anyway. It was because I figured that they were going to have dissension. And then, so now I didn't realize that if Kazarian or Guevara lost, then they couldn't uh, go for the belt. So well, now who, who they're going to have Scorpio Sky go against is well, now the question. That's the only thing, though, is they just can't face. He can't face those two. Can't face him. But if he loses, they can face somebody for the championship. There's ways to yeah. get. Up. Not like what Cody did, where he, where said, he said that he couldn't go for it ever. Yeah, yeah. he kind of boxed himself into a, a corner saying that. Um, That's yeah, why he was a thirty-time. I just don't know if that was a Tony Khan thing or if it was a Cody Rhodes thing. Well, what? If, that is Cody decided that, and it was one of the worst decisions he made. That's why he was a 30-time TNT champion. Pretty much, yeah. But, but uh, once again, will have Yeah, I hate to, like, cut short, but I do have to dip because it's work in the morning. Yeah, it's all good. That's but all um, anyway, so. No, I will <laughs> say the best. joining for a little bit anyway, so. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I was glad I got to hang out with you guys and join the podcast. I will say that my favorite match was actually the Thunder Rosa match because uh, she looked amazing in the ring. Her ring gear was amazing. Uh, seeing, and I'll just quickly say I like the CM Punk match as well. Uh, it was cool seeing CM Punk r- wrestle again. Yeah, I agree. So, but uh, when y'all get done, just send the link. I'll probably tweet it in the morning for y'all. But it was fun, and I hopefully will get to join y'all for hell in a hell in a cell. I know. Definitely like <laughs> say it like Vince McMahon. But uh, y'all have a good night and good night, everybody listening. And it was a good pay per view, long but good. Yeah. All right. I'll see All you right. later, Joe. See y'all later. Bye. So, so anyway, the the American Top Team was okay for what it was, essentially. So, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't like over the top great. Paige Van Zant, you can tell she's very green. Yeah, that's the, and that's the main thing. So, and then it seemed like the Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen match was just there just to fill in time. It seemed yeah. like. And to put Darby on the card is what I feel. Yeah, like. yeah, that's what it seemed like too. Really and then I was surprised knowing that Darby lost. Yeah, too. Yeah, and and uh, it basically was put together. I think the rampage before the pay per view. So it's like literally two days beforehand. I think is when they announced it. Yeah. So, so like, it was cool for what it was, but I mean, like, I love both of the guys, but I was just surprised that Darby didn't beat him. Yeah, but it seems like they're trying to do something with the undisputed elite thing that's going yeah. forward. This is, you know, and you talk about the pay per view. There was only four matches that were under ten minutes. One, yeah. the Hookhausen. The other one was Wardlow. Then the Jade Cargill match, and this was the last one that was under ten minutes. The rest of them were longer than that. So if that tells everybody listening how long these matches were in comparison to what we normally see on WWE. Um, yeah, that's yeah. Big. So, uh, 
So yeah, that wasn't so much different anyway. And then yeah, I, d- I definitely agree that this was like uh, the main thing to me is like with uh, Serena Deep and Thunder Rosa is that I think some people think way higher of Serena Deep than like I think of Serena Deep. I I've ne- I'm like I've thought her okay. Like when she was in WWE, when she shaved her head and stuff, I thought that was cool. But like I never thought. I don't even remember ever seeing her wrestle when she was in WWE. I just remember her part of the straight edge society. Huh? This professor of um, wrestling gimmick that she's doing. Yeah. I don't think that it works for her because I don't think she's that great of a wrestler for her to end up having that. I mean, this ain't like knocking her. This is just my thoughts on Serena Deeb. And I just, I've never seen a Serena Deeb match that I was like, fuck, that was awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I would say that this match was really good, but it was better than I expected out of uh, uh, both of the people. I'm like, I love Thunder Rosa, though. Thunder Rosa is great. And I think it's mostly. That's why the match was good was because of Thunder Rosa rather than Serena D. But I mean, like, that's just my opinion on it. Like, uh, uh, I knew that Ser- uh, Serena D was going to lose, though. But this is probably they're probably going to feud again. I wouldn't be surprised. I would they do something where they fight on dynamite for like higher stakes or something. Yeah, I would agree. Even though I don't like to see Serena D. Bristol, really. Yeah, like, that's I, what I'm saying. I've those, never... With all those matches she had with Akaru Shida, and she went over a lot on her, and I'm like, so is her Karu Shida injured? Because the way she went over on her just kind of blew me away. Yeah, and supposedly somebody was saying that her Karu Shida was kind of mad at AEW, but... I mean, I don't know for sure. I don't, like some a lot of this is speculation, so you don't know for sure. I would, but, from my perspective, she reminds me of a lot of the ish. Like, she's one of the better wrestlers to me that AEW has. Yeah, she's not wrestling a lot, and I think, uh, like Anna J gets a lot of push, even though I don't think she's that great of a wrestler, honestly, at this point. Well, I mean, and obviously, we talked. The main about the- thing with Anna J is though that she has obviously only been wrestling for a year and a half. So, I mean, you're gonna end up having stuff where you're green in places, right? Like well, you've been ironed everything out. You couldn't be pushed that much. Yeah. Green. Well, I mean, I don't think she's ever won a title or nothing, but like, I think they just like like to have her name out there. But yep, I mean, been in how many title matches now? Uh, I know she went against Brett. She went against Cargill. Cargill, I think oh, twice actually. Yeah, but um, what's it called? I'm trying to think of who she's faced. Uh, she might have went against her car Sheeta at one point too for the title. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, when you think about it, for the short amount of time she's, I know she's popular because, like, when we went on the cruise, everybody wanted to be in her line. Yeah, like, I mean, a lot of people love the Dark Order, though. But, but, I mean, in terms of wrestling, no. I don't think she deserves to be pushed this much yet. But I I think about Jade Cargill, too. I don't think she should be undefeated at this point. Yeah, I understand that. So, 
<sighs> so yeah, I don't know. Under, huh? As you guys, as anybody that listens knows, I'm a huge Thunder Rosa fan. So, and I'll, I have been ever since her first match with Britt Baker. When it's like I still say for this, it's one of the best matches I've ever seen. Yeah, and so and that's saying a lot. I've been re- watching wrestling for a long time. So, yep. So of course Jericho Appreciation Society before uh, uh, facing off against Blackpool Combat Club, and then Eddie Kingston and Santana or and Ortiz. Wow, so much shit that I'm fucking up right now. But like this match was cool. I mean, it was a little bit like it was generally Stampede, uh, Stadium Stampede. To, uh, just in the arena with a bunch of cr- people in the crowd, and it was funny, especially all the memes that are out now with Eddie Kingston, where they put him like they superimposed him from this match, where he was literally trying to set Chris Jericho on fire. <laughs> like they literally put him on a episode of uh, like uh, Trevor from Good uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. They like superimposed him on the credits and shit, where it was just showing him with a gas can in his hand, which I thought was hilarious because it was like absolute chaos. And and then and like I knew that uh, Kingston was gonna blow it for them, like essentially because they kind of did that like on the I think it was the Go Home Show of Dynamite or something, where he came out and like he was fighting with Daniel Bryan about this stuff, and then he kind of, like, threw gas on Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho, so it was like he just wanted to burn both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, like, essentially, they made the Jericho Appreciation Society won because Eddie Kingston wanted to kill Chris Jericho and, Matt and or Daniel Bryan. Mother. That uh-huh. dude bled all over the place. Oh, yeah. Him and Matt Maynard, uh, uh, Menard, or however you say his name, they were bleeding like stuck pigs throughout the whole damn match. He was bleeding everywhere. And then I think Mox started bleeding at one point, and well, it I, looked I, like Daniel Bryan I, cut himself I, open, too. Yeah, I think Jericho was the only one that I saw that didn't have any visible. Jake Hager might have not had any. Yeah, I think Jake Hager didn't either but still i mean it's just crazy to me that like it was just crazy the whole thing like even they took the the bottom two ring ropes off or like the top ones at least and then they were choking each other out with them and all sorts of stuff and uh, so and then it was uh, crazy like how much they put daniel bryan in to beat him too yeah, and I did want to mention one other thing. One of my favorite moves of the night, actually, was in the American Top Team match where Sammy did a... What oh, the it? cutter thing? Or the cutter, RKO, whatever you want to call it, off the top rope. And yeah, I forgot we talked. About, we didn't talk about that. But, I mean, it's uh, mostly because we've seen him do it before. I think that was the same one that he did against uh, Cody before oh, Cody left. Or, but... This one looked really good. Yeah. And there I was agree. another move of the night that I kind of went, whoa. That's in the next uh, match that we'll talk about. But Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so of course the person that should uh, pretty much went over should have probably been the one if they were explaining it in a certain way. I loved Eddie Kingston's promo before then too, like where he was like, "I don't want to be in the state, Chris." He was like, "I don't want to kill people. I don't want to kill you." Well, I was saying with the storytelling, they did a promo beforehand, and that's basically what he did during the yeah was going to try. So it's like it's not like they didn't tell you he was going to do that. I yeah, think it was more like oh, you didn't expect him to actually. Man, you know it was kayfabe. It's not like he threw gas on him for real, but yeah, um, but it was implied. But um, anyhow, but they at least explained why he even was going to do that. So again, kudos to AEW for their storytelling. I I, I still. And across the night, like even later on, they, I mean, every match, there was some form of some type of story going on in the match that they kind of, you know, told. Yeah, pretty much. Like, I'm linking the next match with uh, Jurassic Express, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and then Team Taz. Uh, powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks or whatever. There and like there was a triple threat tag team match where we were kind of dead set that Christian was going to turn on Jungle Boy, but it looks like they're going to do it even later than now. Yeah, I was that was surprised. <laughs> I, I I was just surprised. I thought they were going to pull the trigger on it now, but uh, you know that when they lose the titles, it's going to be because Christian's going to turn on him. I think yeah. that's the main reason why they're going to lose the belts is because Christian's going to turn on him. Yeah, I just and, but this match was awesome, though. I loved seeing this match. Yeah, calling him a loser a couple of weeks ago, I thought it definitely was going to be moving towards that, and it didn't. But the one of the best match, uh, moves of the night happened during this match. Uh, I was shocked that Keith Lee did that. Um. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. He flipped over the top rope to the. Oh other. yeah, <laughs> a, dude I mean, like, big, a dude that big shouldn't be able to do that. And and not only that, the other move I think Swerve Strickland did a move off of his chest. Yeah, um, he did like a moonsault or something off yeah. of his chest. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, that should be how it is if they're gonna be a tag team. They, they, I uh, don't know what to call their tag team name though, but like, yeah, they should name them as a tag team if they're going to be at a tag team right now. Which I think initially, like, uh, I think Keith Lee should probably always be a face. Like, he just gives me the vibe where he should always be a face. Unless well, he... like, Swerve should probably turn on him, if anything. Oh, well, he's got the attitude right now. Yeah. He has that limit list. Like, I'm, I'm a face guy, and but Swerve has that attitude where he can be an ass if he yeah. wants. Yeah, and that's mostly why. And I love Ricky Stark's move too, where he was doing the chucking and jiving on the top rope until they oh, yanked yeah. him off of it. Yeah, like <laughs> old school move that Undertaker used to do. A yeah. lot of guys are doing that now, which um, I guess because Undertaker retired, I guess people feel more people feel they can do that move, or yeah. they're just trying to showboat or something. Because I mean, like with it with just, Ray Phoenix, he just runs across the rope and then kicks somebody in the face. So it's not really the same thing. But 
show that you didn't see a lot of people doing it though. Before. Oh yeah, when he was wrestling, yeah. yeah. So it's like in respect of Undertaker, they weren't doing it, and now because he retired, now a lot of people are doing it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the whole, pretty much, yeah, like all the matches were good, and the people that should have won won. Like the only thing was like with the Jurassic Express, I thought that they were gonna lose. Oh but, yeah. Like, but that's the main thing exactly. about this match. If they weren't going to turn Christian, they shouldn't lose. Yeah. Because, again, Keith Lee and Swerve, they just started as really a tag team. And then... And I think they were just having them as a tag team just to, like, fuel this stuff with Team Taz and stuff. I think that's the only reason why they're doing it is because they're feuding with Team Taz. Yeah, and that's what, you know, and who knows? I mean, I you know, that could be Christian's turn because I think wasn't... Team Taz trying to sign him when he first started. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that could always be still the way he goes at some point. So, anyhow, yeah. there's only one match left to talk and about. And then, oh, man, my my guy CM Punk and Adam Page. And both of them, I, I'm a huge fan of. I like both of the guys. But, like, I was kind of like, okay. I'm in a box. That's mostly why I like. I, I was just worried about how they were going to tell this story. Like honestly, they kind of started off a bit slow in this match for like what happened at the beginning. That's why it kind of threw me off until later on when they started to do back and forth, stealing finishers and all this stuff, like which I liked. And but like the main thing was, I was wondering if they were going to have CM Punk win or Paige was going to take it. And I was like, dude, they're going to look very high up on Paige if they gave it to Paige. Like, and uh, I, honestly, I think that they went with the right call and gave it to CM Punk. Just because I think he could do banger matches with anybody that he faces. Well, and it'll be interesting. Like, I think I was telling you earlier what they do in relation to hidden, uh, Forbidden Door with this. Yeah. Because yeah. The rumor that he might face uh, Kenta, yeah. And because I think Kenta came out and said something about he wants royalties from CM Punk if he keeps using the move, if he doesn't face him or something. Yeah, I think that would totally make sense if it would be Kenta versus CM Punk. Like, and then it would make it, uh, it make sense if, like, Okada does go against adam cole because you were talking about that during the pay-per-view that he was thinking about he wanted okada yeah so and i I was like if they're gonna do that shit oh man like and this is gonna be the time to do it they got a month to tell like to explain who's facing who and all this stuff but like i think cm punk was the right call to beat him and i liked how like he was very conflicted at one point, like, Hangpan was, like, thinking that the only way that he was going to beat him was through cheating, it seemed well, like. And that's the thing they can... And he can turn. Yeah. Like, yeah. the start of the heel turn, right? Like, he didn't do it, and CM Punk beat him because he didn't. But then the next time they face each other, he turns. Yeah. And, and like, then- he hits him with the title, and he still loses. Yeah, I mean, that, so that, that's the thing. It's like if that happens, like that's the only thing. It's like how they go from here with Hangman, 
I um, think it only helps him as a wrestler in the thing if he doesn't have the belt right now. Oh, I like, think know that people have been saying that his run was kind of lackluster and stuff like that. Well, there was no story basis for what he was doing. It's like he was just facing people to face people. That's what I felt. And until CM Punk came along, there was a reason I felt. And I think part of that's because Kenny Omega is shelved. I think that would, could have been progressed again because. Oh, yeah. Had, if they if yeah. he would have came back and he faced him some more, but like knowing that he's still on the shelf, isn't helping Hangman. Yeah, so right seeing him coming in and giving him a reason helped him. I mean, that's what I feel anyway. And but, I mean, like they could always do it where like if they tell it a certain way. Yep. He could be the first two-time AEW champion. Yep. I mean, essentially, if they if they tell it right, that's the main thing. So, uh, for me, it's still best pay like one of the best pay per views of the year so far. Yeah, that's not saying much because yeah, because I mean, most of the WWE pay per views have been okay, and then. Revolution was good too, like of course, but like that's what I'm saying. They, like the way that AEW is going, is like they're just going to keep getting better. I think. Yeah, and if they keep picking up <laughs> WWE's uh, drop-offs, I mean, and trying to do better with them than yeah. WWE does, yeah, it only helps them <laughs> guys up and do shit with them. I mean, that's you know so. It's kind of refreshing to see them picking these guys up and stuff is happening with them. So that's the main thing giving them TV time, giving them more money, giving them all the stuff. Part of what, like, is pissing MJF off and things like that is that they weren't Cody. Yeah, because I'm sure that he wanted to sign him for a certain amount of time and they might have lowballed his contract, but he could always redo a contract for like another couple of years i'm sure to get more money but like the thing is if he's gonna get more money that's my point is that you know you can renegotiate after 2024 but if i was the company you're signed through 2024 dude i mean you know after that that's when you can and you see if he's still at the top or you know what you deem as where he's where the person's at but I can tell you that MJF gets a reaction, but not the reaction that CM Punk gets. Yeah. I mean, so so just organically, every time CM Punk comes out, he gets a huge pop. Yep. MJF. I, I got to say, yep. Food, but not as loud as... I think if CM Punk ever went heel, he would be the top heel in AEW. Yep. I mean, it's only a matter of time until CM Punk goes heel, though. It's just well, only a matter of time. <laughs> because of his popularity and still, you know, his wrestling may not be as good as it used to be, but he still can get on the mic and talk better than anybody else. Yep. So, that's with the problem that... with, I think that's the problem with MJF, though, is that his promo skills are great, wrestling, not so much. Yeah, I agree. I think it depends on who he's facing. Yep, I agree. The main good matches that I've seen from MJF was with other people. And that's why W's Miz, because that's basically how I view him at this point. Yeah, essentially. So, I mean, 
thank you for joining us for this and uh, like if you've made it this far thank you for joining uh, for the podcast and the next one we will be doing is hell in a cell which is this uh, sunday from when we're recording this so there's a bunch because then at the end of the month yeah i think it's like we got hell in a cell and then like at the end of june i think is uh, forbidden door yep and then I think that uh, they're doing Money in the Bank in June, right? Or at the beginning of July. Yeah, it's, it's a bunch all right in a row. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long thing because we're got I got Forbidden Door, then we got Money in the Bank, then we got SummerSlam, so we're gonna be busy. So, <laughs> so at least you'll, you'll hear from us in about a week. At yep. least from Hell in a Cell. So from everybody from Heart of Geek, we'll talk to you guys in the next podcast. Peace. Peace. See you next week. Uh, If you guys enjoyed this podcast, you can check out all of our social media accounts, which is The Heart of Geek, and our Twitch channel is Heart of Geek. If you guys wanted to leave any comments or questions uh, relate towards our Facebook page, Instagram, or anything else that you could possibly leave a comment and recommend us anything else to do in the meantime. And for all of that, thank you for enjoying wrestling with the Willies.